And if you think the Panic Broadcast is a final fatal force, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. We're finally talking about soil work, so Jeff's happy. Yeah, it's about fucking time. I'm pretty happy too. I've been, you know, following the hollow, stabbing the drama for a while now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm ready, man. Uh, I have to admit, every time Jeff's like, check out this band, I'm like, okay, block this band from whatever recommendation app that I use. <laughs> so I don't have to, you know, be influenced by that bullshit. But uh, here's a band that's names easy to pronounce, which is a good thing. And uh, I'll tell you what, after listening to so much Savior Machine, this was a very welcome comfort zone type of band for me. I label this band consistent at all times with no deviation. I'm amazed how modern they sound at all times, and that is my review. No, there's a lot more to them than just that. They uh, are sometimes, you know, overly melodic. Sometimes they're just straight up like old school Swedish death metal. Anyway, you look at it, the kick ass. They're technical. They have probably one of the best vocals going in the game. That's why I always recommend a side projects for my album of the week, like on a consistent basis, is because he is a fantastic vocalist. Well, and I think what Joe's trying to say isn't necessarily that it all sounds the same, but he's just saying consistent. The band outputs a level of consistency and ability that a lot of bands don't. A lot of bands flounder around from greatness to not so greatness. Soil work kind of keeps it straight and narrow. Yeah, they're just a great fucking band. They're always in the pocket. They're a tight band with a fantastic singer and an ear for what their fans want to hear. And one of the greatest drummers that's ever lived was a part of this band, too. I didn't think Chad Kent was in this band. <laughs> I said one of, not the greatest, one of the greatest. There you go. Well, before we start talking about Chad Sexton, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. Do you know why we love them? Why? Because it makes me feel good overall. and makes me feel like you're listening. Number one, it's a good way to gauge how many people are actually listening. Number two, it makes your ego feel better. It makes my ego humongous, and it actually self-perpetuates my ego <laughs> as people review, because the more reviews that you throw out there, number one, we're going to read them on the show, and number two, we're actually going to get picked up by recommendation algorithms, which is how the modern internet works now. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. It is literally the best free way that you can help us out. We got an email from Chris. Hey, guys, I didn't know if you already had them on your list, but you should do an episode on Mastodon. I prefer earlier material, Blood Mountain, Leviathan, but I think they are one of the most consistent bands out there, and I don't think they've released a bad album. I am interested in hearing what y'all think. I enjoy listening and look forward to more. 
Thank you very much, Chris. And I can assure you, they are on the list. They are so on the list. They were one of the first bands on the list. Did he type out y'all? Yes, he did. Fantastic. Sorry, my Pocahontas was not showing. <laughs> I mean, we're from, we ain't from St. Louis. We from south of St. Louis. <laughs> That's, yeah, if you take a nap of about, I don't know, 45 minutes after you leave St. Louis, you're going to wake up and think you're in deliverance. So, and that's where we all grew up. You are now entering Tom Raper country. We all know that <laughs> Jeff's got that purdy mouth. So, Dan, tell me about Soil Work. Soil Work is a melodic death metal band from Sweden. That's weird. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That started in 1995 under the name Inferior Breed, but then they changed their name to Soil Work, and, uh, which translates to working from the ground up. Well, yeah, if just you the, weren't the sure. Me- them yeah just the meaning of it yeah they, they want a solid bass and that, i think they have that oh dude they've got some solid bass playing going on for sure oh i was just thinking like <laughs> thick thighs or something yeah no i know i just <laughs> i was trying to do a thing jeff i know you ruined it no i was just thinking of another thing not the first time jeff's ruined my thing anyway this band really hit the scene uh really they hit it running they hit the ground running with uh their first album steel bath suicide as much as I want to say that a band like this is ripping off of In Flames and Dark Tranquility, those bands all pretty much came up at the same time. So this really isn't out of place or a ripoff at all. And I want to I want to say that early in the episode because I'm going to compare this band to In Flames a lot. And especially early on, they should be compared. Because if you close your eyes, you're like, hey, is this soil work or is this In Flames? Well, hitting on what Joe said earlier, though, this sounds super modern, even though it's from 20 years ago. I sincerely accused the streaming remaster, I'm going to call them that, of touching this album and making it sound different than what I would have heard in 1998. Because other than the drums, this sounds like a record that could have come out three years ago. Nope, it's just that good. Yeah, it really is, man. The melodies on this record... Dude, it's like drinking a cherry cola that's not mixed that well. So an actual cherry cola. Correct. So somebody has added some sort of real cherry flavoring into this thing, but they didn't stir it up. So no no grenadine. No grenadine. Right. Okay. And what I love about it is that like, like a cherry cola, you'll be sucking on it, and you're going to get a lot of uh, harsh Coca-Cola flavor. That like burns your tongue, but then you're gonna you're gonna pick up on a little bit of that flavor pocket, and it's gonna be nothing but sweet, beautiful melody, and that's how I feel about this record in particular because it is so well balanced and gives you just enough melody while still trying to be super brutal. They were really trying to live up to the death metal side of the band. This is one of the most aggressive soil work records. To ever come out, I mean, it, they it's, definitely it, made it's in their the mark. Top two, as far as most aggressive, most aggressive, it's all in the early albums. As far as I, I think, in the most aggressive, there's a lot of go for the throat. Oh yeah, but there's a couple of things on this record that I noticed that the band does differently than like an In Flames or a Dark Tranquility. Whereas those bands are so Gothenburg, it's like they just are. They're they're the reason why we call it that. You know, Soilwork has a lot of that. They've got that Gothenburg death metal bass, 
but I also hear a lot of like hard rock, 80s metal guitar show off going on. That I the only other band I can think of that that it reminds me of is Arch Enemy, like those early Arch Enemy albums, where the guitar was in the front on display, and you would almost slow the tempo of the song down a little bit to be like, I'm gonna play a guitar solo for you folks tonight. And uh, I think that's really what made it stand out from the other Gothenburg bands that were out at the time. I mean, late 90s, the scene was flooded with bands like this. And this record really showcases why soil work was considered above the pack. You say this was flooding in the late 90s. This is when new metal was taking off. I don't remember ever hearing this band in the late 90s. I didn't catch this till mid-2000. And you're not the only one, at least not on the, on the U.S. side. I mean... They were definitely a, a European powerhouse for much longer um, than I wish they would have been before they finally broke through here in the States because we missed a lot of good albums. Yeah, they were not on the international stage. No, no, at not all at this point. And it, I think it was actually uh, a tour with In Flames that finally brought them to the States. That was the first time they actually toured here was with In Flames. However, in Sweden, their scene was very saturated with bands that had a similar sound. Everybody wanted to be the next powerhouse success that In Flames was. And uh, Soil Work is one of the few to do it, along with them and Arch Enemy and Dark Tranquility yeah, and at I, the gates. Yeah, and I think the the one thing that I have enjoyed about Soil Work is compared to the rest of them, they kind of, you know, they've always been in the pocket, but they found their niche, they found what they were good at, and they just got better at what they were doing. I will say the only negative thing is I think this is the least original-sounding Soil Work album. Agreed. Like, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong, because I love Gothenburg death metal. Well, that kind of leads into what I was saying, is that the fact that they, they, as time went on, they found their niche, and they just perfected it. And that also leads into what, you know, what Joe was saying earlier about how good they were and how everything is, you know, it's just a lot of the same, but there's enough deviation to keep weirdos like me happy. I guess I don't think this is original at all. First album isn't original at all. No, the first one isn't. They probably would tell you that too. But then again, they're trying to make it big, and this is how you did it. This is the sound that everybody was looking for then. Yeah, no, Joe's right. It's not original, but it sounds really good for what it is. Absolutely. And for a debut album, I've definitely heard much worse. Talking to you, Living Sacrifice. Let's go to the Chain Heart Machine. (laughs) The Chain Heart Machine. Interesting story about this album. This was the very first heavy metal album that I imported. Is it really? It really is. Do you remember back in the day when you had to buy Century Media albums? You had to import them? Yeah. Yeah. This was the very first one. I think I paid $22.95 minus shipping. Shipping was like 13 bucks. Well, you did just fine. $40? Yep, that's your standard import record price. I wasn't disappointed. No, and you did fantastic for your first uh, <laughs> your yeah. first import. You could have chosen much worse than this. This was based off of a 30-second MP3 clip, and I was like, well, that shit sounds like exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> so, you know. This doesn't sound anything like Zayo. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough to keep me from getting to this album. And uh, I was very impressed. This is the first soil work that I heard. You were the first one to actually hear soil work in this room, even though I'm a huge fan. No, this was a little bit later. This was before they broke in the States. Okay. But it wasn't um, like that long ago. I, I didn't buy it the year it came out. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I wasn't buying anything like this in the late 90s. 
It just happened to be that this record, and I think they may have gotten, because I want to say I probably got this in like 01 or 02. It was released in uh, early 2000, so not yeah, too long so, after. Yeah, I mean, so, I, yeah, I mean, I knew it was a new release, but I think they, I think a Predator's Portrait had already come out. Okay. Having trouble remembering. I mean, I don't have the receipt, you know, but <laughs> almost 20 years later, you know. But uh, this is more melodic, I think, than Steel Bath Suicide was. But the aggression level is still very much there. Like, it's still very go for the throat. It's still very visceral. But the melodies are getting more interesting. And the biggest thing about them is that on the first album, the melodies were great, but they were almost kind of like, oh, and here's the melodic part. Whereas yeah, there was, there was this no is when they started seamlessly t- drawing the melody into the actual song craft. And that's a big deal for this band because that's what they would become famous for is actually being a heavy melodic band. Whereas a lot of bands still can't figure that out. <clears throat> Demon Hunter, you know, here's the heavy part. <laughs> here's the heavy part. And now here's the melodic part. You well, know, or, vocals might have helped on that too. Because you remember whenever we did that episode, we were like, holy shit, this is what happens when you have a fantastic singer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and what, actually one of the things I like about the first two Soil Work albums is that there's no clean vocals. I knew you were going to like that. Because I've heard a lot of shitty Gothenburg bands that sound kind of like this, but then they fuck it up by throwing a whole bunch of clean choruses in there, and it just doesn't sound good because they're not there musically. They only know how to do these, like, standard Gothenburg licks, you know, which are melodic, I guess, in nature anyway, but you have to really know what you're doing. Like, you can't just pick a style... And be like, oh, well, this is melodic death metal, so we're going to be melodic automatically out of the box. A lot of what you're hearing on Chain Heart Machine is much more intentional. And you can tell that the songs were written, they were written out prior to the recording session, if that makes sense. Yeah, the the uh, title track, the Chain Heart Machine, close my eyes, and I, I swear to God that I'm hearing in flames. And in 2000, that's not a bad thing. No, it's a fantastic thing. Perfect time to be in flames. Yes. And, uh, man, Speed sounds almost exactly like Anders throughout Soilwork's career. Well, no. Until until the clean vocals start. Yeah, well, even imagine, it, imagine Anders with good clean vocals. Well, even as, it, it, once he starts incorporating the clean vocals, his harsh vocal styling changes as well. It's not nearly as high-pitched uh, as he, he starts to incorporate the... Um, the melodic singing. I think it's more because he's got a uh, he's got a really good baritone voice, so he has lower he does lower that as time goes on. That's because he actually has a good singing voice, and he's trying to get the two to match and you know and work well together. Whereas Anders sounds like a whiny little bitch whenever he's singing clean. That's correct. <laughs> but uh, and we still love In Flames. Well, old In Flames. Chain Heart Machine is a great record. I think the first two Soilwork albums are objectively the worst while still being very good, very solid releases. They are fantastic, but the unique thing about Soil Work is that their early material is not like a Master of Puppets or a Ride the Lightning. What they're going to do in their career is going to come later, and that's okay. You get tired of all these bands that their first two albums were amazing and everything else is just garbage, whereas Soil Work bucks that trend in that you can definitely tell on these first two releases that they were a new band, and you get to hear them grow over time, whereas some bands sound more masterful on their first releases. 
than they do on later ones. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the reason why I view them as talented artists and why I've always been a big fan of theirs throughout the years. You have a lot of bands, whenever you have your first couple albums come out, they've shot their wad. There's, there's, you know, there's no more creative, creative juices going on. Sorry, guys. We're not going to put out Horacle Part 2. Whereas <laughs> the, these guys, they seem to work well together and continue to create excellent music as time goes on and add in enough, like I said before, you know, just enough to keep you interested. But if you're an old school guy, there's always enough, uh, you know, harshness to keep you going. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like them so much is that uh, you can pretty much pick up any album of theirs. And if you're a metal fan, you're going to enjoy it somehow, some way. 2001, A Predator's Portrait. Oh, my God. Yep, this is when the shit starts to get real. This is when you get to see the the real speed. Yeah, this is the more modern soil work sound. Yes. They're still a Gothenburg death metal band. I don't want to, like, even try to pretend like they're not. But the approach is different on A Predator's Portrait. They go for more of a hard rock style. Uh, There's some songs that even have a little bit of a Pantera vibe on them. But the clean vocals is what ties it all together. This is the first album that features heavy, clean vocals. And this is when you're like, wait a minute. This is not better in flames, which is what I used to call soil work. Uh, This is more than that. This is actually a band that has their own identity. And man, that oh my God, dude. This record is not my favorite, but it could be, depending on what day it is. Already on album three. I'm asking myself, why isn't this one of the workhorse bands in my discography? It should be. When I listen to Metallica, I'm not going to hear an album that I don't like because I don't listen to St. Anger. When I listen to Norma Jean, every album is going to be good. It's just, which one do I want to listen to today? And already I'm wondering, is Soil Work another one of those bands? Because 11 Records, this is the third one, and I'm on board with all of it. You get to get a little bit more of their personality. Uh, there's a, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of noodling go, going on, and I fucking love that. You noodling? Gotta, I thought it was needling, like we were feasting on <laughs> needles. It's good noodling, though. It's the kind of noodling that you want in this type of music. I want there to be a lead guitarist that's actually doing something. Yeah, yeah this Dan, is... Dan was trying to make a funny pun for needle feast, but... <laughs> I was like, eh. yeah, well, <laughs> not better, my better finest luck. work. Yeah, better luck next time. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Needle Feast is like the standout cut on this record, like in my opinion. Um, just that intro is so crazy. I really like the hard rock approach of this album. And it's weird because I don't usually like for metal bands to go in that more hard rock direction. But it gave the band the ability to write songs versus a whole bunch of really cool riffs that they threw together, which is pretty rampant in that like melodic death metal scene where it's like, we're going to play this part for 15 seconds, and then we're going to switch to this one, and then we're going to switch over to this one, solo, the end. And this record was full of actual songs. It was the first Soil Work record that I didn't have to just listen to as a whole. I could I could put two or three songs on a playlist, and like they just pop on their own. Yeah, because there's plenty of hooks involved now. And uh, again, it's starting to sound like um, Reroute to Remain or Clayman era in flames here, and that's not a bad thing at all. And then absolutely the, uh, then not. the fucking 
badass clean vocals kick in. 100 times better than anything In Flames ever put out. Yeah, that's whenever you're, like, if if you were growing up with soil work and all you heard was, like, speeds, like, high pitch, harsh vocals, and then you get to this, and then all of a sudden you get that, you know, super masculine, super smooth baritone voice. You're like, where the fuck did that come from? The dude can sing. Can I give this to a haste the day kid and have him be entertained? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, please do. I mean, bands like Haste the Day borrowed heavily from bands like Soilwork. That is correct. So it makes tons of sense, you know, that they'd be entertained by it. But uh, there's a certain, like, this is going to sound lame, but like a certain majesty to his voice, like a commanding presence. Agreed. Because normally the clean vocal, like, when a heavy band pulls out clean vocals, we've all just kind of accepted that the next 30 seconds are going to be kind of weak sounding. Unless really they're not. really, really good clean vocals. Exactly. And uh, so that puts speed up there in the higher echelon of uh, good, harsh, and clean singers. Right. Because there's tons of like amazing clean singers out there that would never do a harsh vocal. But the unique part of it is his ability to do both. Like right. if you're impressed by like a Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter type vocalist, somebody like Speed's going to just blow him completely out of the water. And what makes it, like you said, it his clean vocals are like majestic. Yeah. And it's and it's in the fact that it's not this whiny nasally, it's a full body baritone voice. And that's what, you know, even it makes I think in my opinion makes it even more striking is because a lot of these albums, whenever you have the clean singing, uh you get like we said, you know, that you whiny little bitches. Am I allowed to say this? It sounds like a man is singing. Yes. You know, well, I the just, YouTube sensor didn't kick in, so I think it's okay. Okay, cool. After that Cannibal Corpse episode, I think we shorted it out. His voice just <laughs> sounds very commanding and very reassuring, and I still feel badass when I'm hearing it. You know, because we all feel badass, like badass killing machines, whenever a band's going, you know, full blast beat, screaming, you know, thundering drums and everything. But usually, my badass feeling kind of falls off when you get to those melodic parts. But with soil work. You just feel invincible through the whole thing. And it's kind of like, man, how do you top that? Oh, I'll tell you how you top that. 2002, Natural Born Chaos. All right, now this album was my introduction to Soil Work. It was the first album that, I, that I've, I've had of theirs. And I actually got it because somebody was playing Minefields. And yeah. that's not even the best track on there, but it was like... Not what? even close. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Because he actually goes really high with the with his clean vocals on that one, but like follow the hollow, talk about a great way to start a, an album. Holy is there a shit. guest singer on that song, or is that Speed doing the guttural vocals as well? It doesn't say there's a guest on the streaming. Yeah, he is doing the gutturals on that because I know. Yeah, I mean Devin Townsend's on the record, but it's not that. He's not on that song. No, that's Black Star Deceiver and Song of the Damned, which is probably my favorite on this album. Because every now and again, Speed will throw a guttural vocal in there. Yeah, he can do it all. That's one of the things that makes him fun is that the dude is, dude. Like right now, holy shit! Like I know (laughs) it's like out of fucking nowhere. The guy just just vicious. I know we're fanboying out here a little bit, but like, it has been a very long time indeed since I've started listening to a band's discography, and I've been like, "This is all great." No, 
because we well okay all because all it, yeah because we have to subtract four albums from the Cannibal Corpse. From Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah, Cannibal Corpse put out four albums and then they became great. Yeah, um, but with Soil Work, it was definitely well. I think I think like Savior Machine was a little so out of my wheelhouse that to go immediately into this, yeah, I was just like, oh my god, thank god. Dude needed know. some meathead back in his diet. Yeah, dude. But this isn't meathead. It's very intelligent. And it's very well thought out. It's very well planned. And uh, every single song stands apart. How many albums that are heavy like this can you think of where the songs all stand apart from one another? You're going to hear a lot of silence, I'm guessing. Yeah, pause the podcast, go find another band, and then go on Twitter and tell me that, you know, I'm wrong. Well, that didn't take long at all. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got like... 28 notifications this is some solid shit and i don't mean like stinky smelly solid shit i mean it's like really well done and i'm really liking the 80s sheen that is sneaking its way into the band sound what do you mean by that well they started off very um guttural and visceral and we're just trying to beat you over the head with everything they had and i did mention that they did have a little bit of an 80s mentality with the solos and just giving extra airtime to them. Once we're once we're four albums in though, like there's like a whole production team on those guitar solos. And it they're better for it. Well whenever I say an 80s sheen, I mean just how clean it sounds. In a lot of ways, the guitar solos on this record are cleaner than the clean vocals. Which is a guitarist who can actually play. Oh god damn can he play. Yeah, Wickers is. I think its last name is is pronounced Wickers. I think. Yeah, and he's a fucking beast, ladies and gentlemen. The actual Wicker Man, <laughs> right? Dude, he's so good. It's I can't even explain it. Like he is fantastic. You know, the crazy thing though is I think my favorite album of theirs. He, he's not on it. That's the crazy thing. Best song on the fucking album, as we speak. Who let Flash Gordon in the building? Dude, you I think th- that's better than Black Star Deceiver. I, I put it on par with Song of the Damned for me. I don't know, Soil, week, so, soil Work Song of the Damned, I, I think it's technically what it's called. I just always have called it Song of the Damned. Black Star Deceiver, though. is really good, too. With Devin Townsend on it. Well, he's also on Song of the Damned. I know. I just, I don't know. I, I really liked Black Star. And now we can't be friends because we, you know, don't have the we don't same agree. favorite song on this record. Oh, that's okay. Guess we'll have to find another co-host. Yeah, see, this is where he's. I think this is the first song that he actually hits the falsetto, as well. He mixes falsetto in on it as well, and that might be part of it for me on as we speak because he gets. He has such great tone. Maybe that's what it is that we like about his clean vocals. His tone is just fantastic. Jeff, that's a synthesizer. Well, he <laughs> not he alternates between. Uh, really really clean like that like you're saying could you imagine though if that was just him humming (laughs) it just sounds very synthetic (laughs) it sounds like a synthesizer you can say that he has a really clean delivery like that but he also has a really gritty delivery that he alternates between the two so it's like not 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 only do we have clean vocals now but we have like multiple versions of the clean singing which again, like normally the meathead in me is all like, fuck this band, fuck all the clean singing. I want the first two albums. I'm done. But I guess it was just because the first two albums, while being good, were not compelling enough for me to care about the band. 
they weren't so dynamic it's, enough. It's all this new. It's all these new elements and new influences that make it more interesting to me. While the band still has that same mentality that they had on the first two records, of we're going to put out solid, consistent music, and we're not going to go so far off the beaten path that we're going to throw anybody. Like we're, we've been leaving you a trail of breadcrumbs from the very beginning. That this is where we're going to eventually end up. Figure number five. Oh, I didn't realize we were listening to a different album. This is um, very similar to the previous album, but this was their breakthrough. This is where they started becoming a big deal in the States. It is. And uh, what's funny for me was going a little bit down. I actually like Natural Born Chaos more than I, I like figure number five. This is a more, um, I don't want to say a pop record, but it is definitely more aimed towards, guys, we need to break you guys in the States. What's popular now? Well, metalcore is starting to get big. Okay, we need you to sound kind of like that. A little bit more metalcore. Um, even though I don't think there was anything wrong with Natural Born Chaos, this was most people's first introduction of soil work in the States. And I think the singles on this, like Rejection Roll was everywhere. Um, on like countless compilations. I think it showcased what the band was good at. I don't know, man. I really like this record. As much as it sounds like the previous one, I'm okay with I love a record and the next one sounds just like that. Yeah, don't do it 12 times. But, you know, every now and again, it's okay. This also has, like, my all-time favorite Soilwork song on it. Overload. Really? It's the best Soilwork chorus ever. And it's not even that complicated, but it just sounds so damn good. It is an earworm through and through. It's interesting because the music on this this one was done by the keyboardist instead of uh, Wickers. I believe it. Wickers didn't write the music on this one. I believe that. It's definitely got a different type of vibe to it. Because at this point, we're like post um, sounds of a playground fading in flames, but good. Seriously, does the band take turns writing the record? Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It makes me wonder why more artists don't do that. I mean, it definitely sounds like a collaborative effort, but I guess what I'm trying to say about this chorus is that the chorus is totally new wave, like like 100%. And I'm sitting here like, you know, oh, my God, it's always got to be heavy. I don't want none of that clean vocal shit and all that. But, like, so, of course, the song that grabs me is, like, like the new wave sounding well that's that's kind of the fun thing about soil work at least it is for me they're kind of the exception to the rule you know when they go cheese it sounds really fucking good like most people can't pull off that cheesiness without sounding ridiculous see in flames yes these guys they got the chops and the swagger to be able to pull off the cheese and and know that you're gonna fucking like it and most bands can't do that. Whenever they get cheesy, you're just like, oh, skip. There's just an, enough machismo with these guys that you're like, okay, I can handle it. This is good. Yeah, I mean, I really liked, uh, I really liked this album, and I really think that if you hadn't heard of Soil Work before, this is a really good place to get on the train. And I think most of us did. Stabbing the drama was when they really became a giant success. So 
The last album broke them in the U.S. This is the album that kept them touring in the U.S. <laughs> and they also have a new band member. New guitar player. New drummer. Oh, the new drummer on this one? Yeah. Durky, Durky, Durk, Durk, Durk. Yeah, Durk, Durk, Durk. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk for Buren. My favorite drummer, possibly of all time. Wait, even you mean from Megadeth? Yes, that guy. Okay. Well, now we're talking. But my my first exposure to him was on this, and then uh, Cybreed, because he was a studio drummer for Cybreed. This guy is probably one of the best technical drummers who's ever walked the earth. I can get on board with that. So all of Jeff's favorite bands are related to soil work in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's also there's like he he's done a lot of stuff with Devin Townsend Project too. So yeah, <laughs> very nice. I love uh, Devin Townsend. A little bit heavier on stabbing the drama. Yes, it is, and I'm happy about it. You know, it's not like a huge change, but they are going for the throat a little bit more here, and uh, I enjoy that because that's something that kind of became lost in the last couple of albums. And those albums are great, and it's not like that they're it's not like they're not heavy. But they're not amazing in the brutality department. And this record's not obviously the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life, but they're more aggressive. Speed sounds more pissed off. But they've got that hard rock sensibility going. Although it's kind of funny because, like, on this album, there's almost more American metal influences on it to the point where I'm like almost expecting him to be all like this is a motherfucking invitation <laughs> you know like and he'd do it and it'd be great and i wouldn't even complain but like it definitely i get that i get that like later lamb of god pantera sound out of it while they still have the electronics and the keyboards and speeds clean singing and all that stuff so it's got it still sounds very soil worky but they're doing things a little bit differently their approach has changed again this yep. is 2005 yeah, that's that's the reason why I like it. They they change just enough to keep you interested, but it's still soil work for the hardcore. So you still it's still the same band, and that's why I like it. They they are masters at just changing enough to 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 pique your interest to to keep you you know still listening, but you still it's still the same thing. So it makes it makes everybody happy. The people that want to always hear the same shit, which is Dan. And Every you, day. And then you have me who gets bored 30 seconds into a song and wishes they would change it. Which is Dan when he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's really awkward whenever I'm doing cassettes. I'm like, okay, now I got to fast forward to this song. Listen to 30 seconds of oh, it. Oh, do you have auto stop? Take the tape out. I do not have auto stop. Oh. So it's like, it's like fast forward for 30 seconds listen to the song for 20 seconds, take the tape out, throw it in the back of the car, and then lean all the way back behind me to grab another tape from the back of the car. It's an endless cycle. So there is one thing I will I want to say about Stabbing the Drama. Apparently, uh, Speed did a cover version of this song with another one of my favorite bands, Threat Signal. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. Now I got to go find that shit. <laughs> But uh, Stabbing the Drama was a fantastic record and kind of a, I don't want to say a return to form, but definitely a return to heavy, which I think every band like this needs to have. Yes. The, it's the moment we're waiting for In Flames to have. 
which how many never years happen. how many years later it will yeah. never happen no so yeah stabbing the drama uh, probably one of my favorites nerve fucking love nerve yeah see i like the song um stabbing the drama one of the best openers for an album i liked the crestfallen i liked nerve also and uh i liked fate in motion i i just i can always point to five or six songs off of each record that i think are standout and that's not saying the other songs are forgettable but you made me a, pick <laughs> right well and with a band with a band that has choruses that are just unbelievable sometimes like sometimes it's just that a chorus could be good whereas on another track the chorus is fantastic you know so it's not like slamming the other stuff but it's also like shit this band performs at such a high operational level sometimes that I sometimes worry that they're holding back. Right. I think that's the only complaint I have with them is that they play it a little almost too safe. Yeah, they bit. can go from being having moments of true brilliance and then just go back to doing their normal shit. But their normal shit is still good. Yeah, and I think part of that is is because they have so many side projects. Like if you if you want to hear something different from Speed, what do you do? You you listen to the Night Fight Orchestra. I mean, that's kind of how that they've they've done it. As far as if you want to really go off the beaten track, is they just make completely different bands to do so. You want to you want to hear some really technical shit from them, you know, with, with speed singing. You listen to the Harmonia Mundi. I mean, there's there's and you can say God bless you afterwards. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I think that's kind of how they do it. Is they almost like they they have different bands to to showcase their different styles. The next album. Are you ready to swear? Is my f- favorite fucking album of theirs, and it's not even close. close. Yes, Classic I, Jeff slowdown on that one. My God, I, this is my shit. This one is probably over the last 10 years is in my top three of played the most of any albums. This uh, is more technical, too. Yes, they really start to get technical, but this is also the first and only album uh, that we have with uh, Daniel Antonson as the lead guitarist, and I, I love it, love it. The only thing that was a bummer for me is I know that Devin Townsend was supposed to produce the entire album. All he did was produce the vocals. Yes, but yeah. it was only the vocals. This is an album that's cover to cover just one of my favorite fucking win. listens. It's win cover to cover. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Like I was talking about how, you know, on previous records that they were going from moments of true brilliance to not mediocre moments, but mediocre for soil work. And this album has much more win than mediocre on it. And I like the more technical approach. Um, the drums are really notable on this record and much more present force. Yeah, because I think this is the first time Dirk really got to have some sort of input because this is signature. Like he showed up to the planning sessions. Yeah, because yeah, this is signature Dirk. I mean, blast he's a blast beat machine on, on pretty much anything that he plays except for Megadeth, which is kind of funny. Except the new Megadeth, you're going you're gonna to hear tons of blast beats, and it's all Dirk beats. Dirk blast, too. Anyway, wait, are you saying that Megadeth is going to blast? They will they be. have been. No. They don't blast. Dirk has been blasting. Yes. Since he's been in the band. Yes. But not on like, there's no blasting on Rust in Peace. Jesus. 
So every song on here is good, but I think for me, I Vernman is the shit. Fucking love that song. And it's not, I think it's probably one of those outside of uh, like Sick Heart River. It's probably the cheesiest, rockiest, you know, lightest songs on here. I think the cheesiest song here is the Pittsburgh Syndrome. The Pittsburgh Syndrome. It's like yeah. the most meatheadish. Oh yeah, song. it's it's a f- because it's fucking it. meathead. I love every second of it, man. <laughs> it's awesome. I was like, oh shit. Speed's but this about is like to a, beat somebody's ass. Yeah. Well, Speed is a pretty intimidating looking dude, so I could believe it. Man, yeah, that song is just like so fucking ape ape man, not ape man, caveman. <laughs> you know, like. I love it, though. And it's also just weird hearing a Swedish band talk about Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, what the hell, guys? But, man, yeah, the chorus is, man, descend from heaven above and flatten you into submission. You'll never get these songs out of your head. Yeah, and this is uh, really the first time that it really... I, I like the vocal layerings that they do on this, but the, the, the highs that... Uh, speed is hitting on this i didn't even realize the dude could hit those it's insane and he starts hitting it pretty regularly from this album on maybe he can't like computers are a magical thing no no dude can i've seen it dude can hit them live it's insane what this guy is capable of i don't know if he's you know he has to be coached as time goes on and he just has such a you know an amazing palette of a voice that he that they're able to mold it to make that happen I mean, because there are sing- singers, as time goes on, they're able to do that. And I'm guessing he's one of them. I mean, look at Chuck from Death. His voice got higher over time. Yeah. Totally different situation there, but... Yes. You know, just had to throw it out there. As that was always Joe's biggest mystery about Death is, why do the vocals sound so much higher on the last album than they do anything else? <laughs> kind of the same thing here, though. Um, but again, we've we've heard Soilwork grow as a band. We've heard Speed grow as a vocalist. So it's not necessarily surprising that he's getting better and better and better, you know? I mean, I don't know how he does all that all that raspy screaming all day, every day. It can still sing like a fucking angel. It's genetics. It's got Some of it's got to be genetics. It's you called know? vocal lessons. It's called having restraint. I don't know about <laughs> either one of those things. Is everybody ready for the panic broadcast? I'm not ready. No, I just want to keep talking. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh, no, dude, the Panic Broadcast is good people. Yeah, I just... Sworn to a Great Divide just has a special place in my heart. What do you mean good people? I mean, it's it's <laughs> like you're in good hands. It's like you're in good company. You mean like with Scott Bowling? May or may not include actual bowling. I like this record because it's a little bit more new wavy. Um, you know, like mixed with death metal, but like it's... I don't know. I, I'm really starting to Did enjoy... Did you really just say New Wave as the blast beat was dropping? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it, but it is. Like, there's undoubtedly, like, New Wave influences. Well, in Jeff, this is what The Cure would sound like if they blasted. <laughs> right. You know, this is like The Cure, only, like, really fucking angry. <laughs> and the blasts, you know, kill you. But besides that, this record's super heavy, but it's also... Um, the melodic moments, the electronics. I'm starting to really get into at this point in their career the keyboard side of it yes. and how well they blend that in and how they can still be heavy and not let the keyboard completely overtake them. Right. They are not a dream theater, Jordan Reedus, look at me, or like like a children of Bodom where you're like, okay, 
It's time for the keyboards to play. You should talk about children of Bodom like that. I like children of Bodom. I just <laughs> like soil work more. Get out of here, you Sorry, son I'm just of sitting here bitch. thinking about what the cure would sound like with blast beats. Jeff, seriously. <laughs> it imagine. Sounds, it sounds exactly <laughs> like this. Think of the chorus sound of just love like song. this. However far away. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you just improved the song. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Now that's all I'm be thinking about for the rest of the fucking night. Why isn't it a thing? That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know. The Panic Broadcast is very heavy, very techy, but I really like the kind of new wavy choruses and stuff. That's like my favorite thing about Soil Work in 2010 is that they are trying to go back to being heavy but they're still retaining all their influences. It's like a dude with like 12 arms that picks random shit up, you know, every couple of steps, but never drops anything. So Shiva? So Shiva, right. Okay. The goddess of, is that the goddess of death? I think so. I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I, whenever we get to this point in, in Soilwork's career, it's literally just like, well, here's an album. Here's an even better one. Here's one that's even cooler than that. Um... So the living in uh, no the living infinite is it next is it yes it or is did we get that far already are we eight albums in yes damn yeah, okay. yeah. Joe's actually keeping us on track for a change for a change <laughs> dude I just walk in here if Joe doesn't throw shit up on the screen I'm like <laughs> yeah well I know that's what I'm saying and he's like he's like being a taskmaster which he probably should do more of to be fair this particular band there's not a lot you can say negative. Yeah, this is kind of like a, uh, a <laughs> we're all loving it. Speaking of a looks like the YouTube's still working. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the fact that this is a two-disker. Yeah, I was not expecting that. It was like all of a sudden 40 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour and 24 minutes. Whoa, what the fuck happened? So still shorter than a Savior Machine album. Yes. Okay, just wanted to get that out of the way. It's weird to me because I felt like there was going to be some huge unifying concept to tie it all together. I know it was just like, we wrote all these fucking songs and we're proud of all of them. So we're putting them all we're out. We're putting them all on it. I don't think this is going to Fuck you. You're no longer producing this record. Bye. I mean, at this point, I mean, shit. You're on your ninth album, man. Do whatever the fuck Nobody's you want. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. No, you're, you, you sell over a million albums. You kind of get to... In this genre, you get to do pretty much whatever you want. I was going to say, you sell over a million albums playing this kind of shit. You know, New Wave with Blasting. You know, like, it's... <laughs> I will always love you. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just a long Soil Work album. <laughs> and it's got everything in it that I've come to expect from Soil Work. Is it stale now? Not really. No. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's the thing is... Like I said, they infuse just enough to keep you interested so it doesn't get stale, but plenty of the old, so if you don't get pissed off that they went off on a tangent. Well, it's like a giant smoothie, and over the years, they're trying to perfect that smoothie, so they're just adding random ingredients to it, but for whatever reason, they're the one group of guys that hasn't fucked it up and thrown something crazy in there. Yeah, it's always been the right ingredient. It's always made it feel better you know, Dan, better. this would be perfect but i think we need like a half teaspoon of honey okay can we just throw that in here sure yeah well you know i don't know if that is better i mean if jeff was here he would have thrown the entire bottle in and then we'd all be saying it's too sweet yeah we just wouldn't know how much 
Well, it's weird. Anders from In Flames came over with a bottle of Tabasco sauce, but we sent him right the fuck home. <laughs> you know, so like it's it's just crazy to me that they've interjected so many different elements and it all still works. There's tons of bands that'll experiment and throw shit out there and then it doesn't stick to the wall and then they're like, okay, well, and then they just drop it. But Soil Work has never had to do that. And it just blows my mind that they're still this good this late into their career. Like, it can be argued that, oh, God, they always do the same thing and they're just doing what the fans want them to do and they have a formula and all that. And that's all true. But it's like a really big testament to the fact that you can please your fans and gain mainstream success without having to resort to cheap, fake tricks that a lot of bands do, you know? Maybe that's what we've been trying to say this whole time. They just haven't revor- They haven't resorted to cheapness or fakeness. Like, his vocals sound unbelievable sometimes, but they don't sound unbelievable in that, like, somebody just pitch-shifted this up a little bit and threw it out there. Yeah, you listen to it and you really believe this dude just is, like, half angel and half demon. So we had they had a double album. It was great. It was still shorter than a Savior Machine album. <laughs> so that works out great. So what did you think of the ride Majestic? Good. I didn't... Uh, the first track, which is the title track, was a little slow to start, but it's, it's still soil work once it kicks in. You're like, yeah. okay, all right. I thought it was a tease there. Somebody kicks on the lawnmower and we're ready to go. Yep. Yeah. And then that, just like that ethereal howl, and you're like, fuck, this dude has, <laughs> can do it all. Yeah. It sounds like there's like 150 people in this band it's, at that point, too, because there's just so many different elements woven together here. Yeah. And uh, and again, it's not a bad thing. You, I, I get what I pay for every single time. The one depressing thing about this album it's Dirk Verbeeren's last album yeah. with Soil Work. Before 2015, he, so... Yeah. We're not getting another new one until next year. Well, it's early next year. It's January. Yeah. No, it'll be soon. I can't think of a whole lot different. You know, we've talked about them mixing a lot of elements and adding new things. I don't think necessarily for the last two records, new things have been added as much as they're now just making it work. Like, they're trying different, different uh, concentrations of things. <laughs> And uh, again, it's just it's a banger of a soil work album, and I wish I could say more about it, but I don't have any criticisms. You like good clean vocals, got it. You like synthesizer, got it. You like intricate guitar work, got it. You like blast beats, got it. So what else you want? If you can't find something to like about soil work, then you're not listening. Is that your final thought? I don't think I'm going to come up with anything more profound than that. <laughs> I don't think you need to. Jeff, what about you? One of my favorite bands of all time. They're still one of my favorite bands currently. And I think that's a testament that you can literally go two decades and still kick ass and take names and find you know just enough of a new way to do it to keep people interested over a 20-year span. They are a fantastic band, great musicians. It's all technical. It's all cheese. It's all badass. I'm all rolled out into one. It's just so good. And Speed is still one of, is, is to this day one of my favorite vocalists of all time. So I listen to everything that that dude's in just because he's a fucking genius. And I'm more than a little jealous. Soil work hasn't failed me yet. 
Do not fail me, young Skywalker. I have no problem pre-ordering the album a year ahead of time if they'd let me. Knowing fully well, I'm probably going to get exactly what I got before and be completely happy with it. A little bit different, but it's the same thing. It's not the same thing in a bad way, though. It's an example of a band that no matter what disc you put in, it's going to sound like soil work. Jeff, what's your album of the week? All right, let's hope I say this right, because it's an ancient Greek word. Jesus. <laughs> it is, uh, the album is called Phronesis, uh, and it's by one of my favorite groups, Monuments. Dan, what about you? <laughs> As lame as it sounds, I'm still listening to A Skeletal Domain by Cannibal Corpse. Oh, nice. <laughs> Do you ever just feel like you're not getting blasted enough? <laughs> this is how you get blasted enough. Dude, somebody posted some pics of him in concert. Of that would Grindr. be a friend of the show, Steven Sarrow. Oh, was it Steven Sarrow? Was Cero? at that Cannibal Corpse show. God, it looks like he literally did just like eat somebody and ground them up and just said, what the fuck are you going to do about it? That uh, dude is so nothing, beastly. Nothing, Mr. Mr. Grinder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm getting hyped up for Industrial December. Ooh. So I've been listening to Nine Inch Nails' Pretty Hate Machine. Nice. Beautiful. Classic. Yes, it is. You know what else is classic at this point? Good Company with Scott Bowling. Have you watched Good Company with Scott Bowling? Of course I have. YouTube. One of the best webcasts out there. Can't really call him a podcast because you get to see that shining, smiling face. Every single episode. Yeah, the production is fantastic. He has interviewed some of my favorite musicians, including Sonny from P.O.D., Brian Headwelch from Korn, Michael Sweet from Striper, Lejean from Seven Dust, and so many more other people that I can't even name here. But if you like long, extended interviews where a dude goes through a discography of a band with the band... This is absolutely the show for you. Check it out. We support everything Scott does over there at Good Company. And uh, we hope you guys check it out, too. And on that note, this has been Episode 90 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. And Jeff wants your money. Give me your money.